Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello there, creative people. Welcome back to another episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I'm Dusty, the host of this wonderful show. As I mentioned, this is episode number 38, creeping ever so closely to the half century mark. Uh, I'm hoping to do something special, maybe a roundtable episode of past guests talking about a specific topic. Uh, If you would like to see something special, let me know what that would be. Uh, Either email me or find me over on Twitter at YT Creators Hub and hit me up there and let me know what you would like to see. Uh, This week's interview is amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to see the value that Dallas has to bring to you guys. Uh, As always, want to remind you guys that uh, TubeBuddy, um, been in conversations with them. I'm going to go ahead and promote something on here that's not really set in stone yet. So Phil, if you're listening to this, don't get too mad at me. But I'm going to be doing a monthly webinar over on the TubeBuddy channel, basically talking about how to use all of the features on TubeBuddy. So if you don't know, TubeBuddy is a browser plugin, a free browser plugin that you can upgrade for free that will basically make your YouTube blog life just a hundred times easier uh, with a lot of the ease of use or quality of life features on YouTube. Uh, so always this show sponsored by them, obviously, but I am now going to be doing a monthly webinar where you're going to see my beautiful mug on screen on the TubeBuddy YouTube channel talking about all of the wonderful features. Uh, I will tweet that out. I will make that very public uh, when we set the times up. Uh, the TubeBuddy guys are out of town right now. They should be getting in early this week, and we will discuss when we're going to be doing that first live webinar. Uh, the VODs or video on demand, uh, if you're not too familiar with that terminology is going to be over on the TubeBuddy YouTube channel. And I will link to that uh, whenever it goes live in one of the show notes of the episodes of the Creators Hub podcast. Guys, as always, I do want to let you know that um, the amount of people who are responding to this show, the amount of people who are communicating to me because of this show uh, has really been touching. Um, When I'm having a bad day. Uh, It just seems that there's going to be an email come through from one of you guys talking about how you've found so much value from the show or one of the guests really touched you or really helped you. Uh, Because at the end of the day, the core reason for doing this show is to help you get your voice heard. Uh, And if I help you get better at YouTube in the process, then that's just bonus. But I really want you guys who have a voice of something, a message to share, I really want to get your voice heard, especially with what's going on right now in the world. I'm not going to get political. Don't worry about that. But especially with what's going on right now in society, we need more positive voices. And if I can basically lift those people up with this platform, with this podcast, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to keep doing that. And if you want me to keep doing that, what a great segue, right? Go on over to our Patreon page. I had a a person pledge. I'm going to shout them out on next week's episode because I'm going to give them a little longer plug than I really can this week. But go on over to our Patreon page for as little as a couple of dollars uh, a month and help us out, guys. Uh, It would really help me out uh, financially as far as paying for the different fees that are incurred by doing a podcast, which obviously isn't too, too much, but it is enough to make a difference. And any uh, amount of money that you provide to me goes back to the show to making it even better than it already is. Also, don't forget to visit our website, www.youtubecreatorshub.com. I'm going to be doing a better job at posting one blog post a month over there. Check out our other shows, our entrepreneurship show. If you're looking to grow an online business, the Online Business Realm podcast or OBRcast is now live. And I do an interview each and every Friday 
with a fantastic entrepreneur talking with them about how they're making money online. So if you haven't already, check out that show. Check out our podcasting show called Podcasters Unplugged, where each week I interview a successful podcast host and talk to them about how to grow, monetize, and create a podcast. So go check out that stuff. We got stuff going on at every angle of the internet. We got blogs, we got podcasts, we got YouTube videos. Check it all out. All of this will be in the show notes. So that's enough for the opening of this week's episode. Let's go ahead and jump into our conversation with Dallas. All right, guys, welcome back to this week's conversation. I am excited today to be joined by Dallas Morgan. Dallas is originally from North Carolina, moved to Los Angeles in 2005, and graduated from L.A. Film School. He majored in producing and directing. He worked within different areas of the film industry, and then he started his own production company called Brighter Moon Productions in 2010, and since then has been producing video content under that banner. Everything from commercials, web content, promos, the YouTube channel that we're going to talk about today with his wife, Tea Time with Taylor, and also next year going to be releasing their first full-length feature film. Dallas, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm excited to chat with you about uh, the YouTube channel, Tea Time with Taylor. If you guys don't know, uh, I'm going to have him kind of let us know a little bit about the channel, how it got started, and uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and start with that. Yeah, so Tea Time with Taylor is an entertaining and educational show for preschoolers. There are, you know, three to five minute long episodes geared towards two to six year olds. And we've got everything from nursery rhymes, kids' songs, color videos, ABC, story time videos, and just across the, the education gamut of video content for young kids. And it started from my wife, it, her background is in acting. Like you said in your intro, my background is in production. And w- after we got married, she had had this idea for a show for kids. And her passion's always been children's content. And so she had this idea for a show, Tea Time with Taylor. And we partnered together and decided to do this on our own. And we both had been working within the industry in various capacities and really wanted to produce something that we owned and produce original content that we could control. And then also we wanted to dabble in the YouTube ecosystem. So we just decided let's start producing these on our own and see if we can grow it, see if we can build an audience and see if we can make something out of this. Awesome. And just by digging in a little deeper before I did the interview with you, which is what I try to do before I have guests on, I did notice that you have a website, uh, kiddoodle.tv, and you're monetizing it in various ways. So maybe if you can, I've never had anyone on, like I said to you before we went uh, live with the interview, I've never had anyone on that was more as far as behind the scenes, as far as you're doing the production side of things, you're basically, uh, you know, behind the scenes as far as Taylor is obviously the face of the channel. But as far as monetization and how you guys are finding a way to make a business out of this, um, how are you doing that? And, and, you know, kind of what percentage of your business is the Tea Time with Taylor? Yeah. So as far as a percentage goes, I would say about 80% of our revenue is generated from Tea Time with Taylor. So the other 20% is other freelance production work that we do. Like you said, again, you know, commercials, music videos, anything like that, that any type of video content people need, we create that for them. But that really only makes up about 20% of what we do. Most of our energy and efforts are put into Tea Time with Taylor. And as far as the monetization goes, when we first started this, it was really a passion project. I was working a full-time job 
And uh, we were just wanting, like I said, wanted to do something on our own and didn't really think long term at that time. We were just focused on let's let's do something creative. Let's create original content. And so we committed to doing one episode a week for an entire year. We said, let's create uh, short episodes weekly for an entire year and see if we can find any type of traction. So we did that. And I think our first episode went up July of 2011. And we did that for an entire year. And by July of 2012, we really hadn't seen a lot of traction. I mean, we were maybe getting a couple of hundred views a month. And most of those were from friends and family. So, um, you know, we were we were a little discouraged. We got to the end of that year and we're thinking, you know, ah, should we keep doing this? Uh, it's a lot of work on top of our, our full-time work. And maybe we should, uh, you know, maybe we should not continue. And so... A few months after that, we, we still kept doing it at that point, but we were just debating. And so a few months after that, though, we had a few episodes that really took off and really started to gain some traction. And, and we saw a big spike in our viewership. And that really encouraged us to keep going. We we're like, OK, if we can if we can compound on this, then we could make something out of this. And so from there, we just kept producing content and kept going at it. And it wasn't probably for another year before it really became substantial enough to allow me to quit my other full-time job and just focus on tea time with Taylor. So that was, uh, that was, you know, early 2013 or so middle of 2013 when it really was generating um, substantial amount of revenue. And then that was strictly at that point, that was strictly YouTube revenue. And so it was pretty exciting to see us go from literally having a couple hundred views to sticking with it for two years before it was really making serious, uh, you know, some serious money. And then it really kind of plateaued at that point for us. And it plateaued for a while. We were still producing content. We were still producing these videos, still trying to grow our audience, but it wasn't as exciting as it was before because we weren't really seeing that growth like we had seen. And so because of that, I, and you know, with YouTube, I'm sure, you know, and your listeners know the thing with YouTube is well, it's twofold. One is YouTube is so hungry for content. I mean, they, they feed off of just constantly uploading more videos, um, which can be exhausting for creators. And then the second thing is it's it can oftentimes be very up and down. I mean, most YouTube creators know that come November and December, all of your ad revenue grows quite a bit. And then come January, it all drops off because all the advertisers have spent all their money now. Um so we noticed that we noticed kind of this this varying wave of up and down and we didn't we didn't love that because it's so it can be unstable and it's uh it can be stressful sometimes even. So we really wanted to try and grow the channel beyond just YouTube so that we weren't reliant on YouTube for the show to be sustainable. And so probably 6 or 8 months ago, maybe a little longer than that now, we decided to really diversify where we were distributing our show. And that's when we started seeking out other platforms so that we weren't just a YouTube show, but we're a kid's show that happens to be distributed on YouTube as well as these other digital platforms that are becoming more and more available. So you mentioned Kadoodle as one of those. They're a great streaming platform where parents can pay a monthly subscription fee. I think it's $4.99 a month, and their kids get access to all of this great children's content that's ad-free, 
They don't have to worry about advertisements because they're paying that, that monthly subscription. And they can even, there's a lot of good parental controls. You know, parents can set timers and time limits and, and have really hands-on with what their children are consuming. So we partnered with them, started distributing our videos onto their platform as well, and have really enjoyed that partnership. And then we're also on other platforms like Daily Motion. We've got an Apple TV app now. We've got a Roku channel. Uh, just recently, we started distributing to Amazon. So we're really trying to get there out there into as many platforms as possible to really have the widest reach as possible. And then ultimately, so that we can be monetizing on multiple platforms, not just YouTube's AdSense revenue. I love that. And I tell the creators all the time who listen to the show, you know, you, you really can't be solely dependent upon one platform because at any time that rug can be pulled out from under you at any time. And I try, you know, the consistency of a platform, you know, the we all like to think as creators on YouTube that we own our own content. And we do. We do own the content. The content is ours, especially, you know, obviously, uh, bar the copyright situation and all of that. Obviously, if you're creating your own content, you own that specific, you own Tea Time with Taylor. But the scary thing is, is that the platform that a lot of creators rely on, which is YouTube, which is obviously what this show is about, at any time, and they've done this before, they can change their policies, they can change their terms of service, they can change the way they allow you to monetize and to be solely dependent on a platform is extremely scary and very, very inconsistent when it comes to trying to be an entrepreneur, trying to be a video creator and utilizing other platforms, which are fantastic avenues, whether it be like a website, an exterior website like Kadoodle or Amazon video or daily motion or creating your own, you know, app on Apple TV, whatever it may be, the, uh, the know-how of being able to diversify your income streams and diversify where your audience is finding you and building a brand, not on a, sole platform, but a brand that can stand on its own. And I think it's extremely important as creators that we do that. And I love how you're talking about kind of as the progression of your channel grew, you've branched out onto all of these other platforms, but you're still keeping YouTube as kind of the hub of that. We all know that the YouTube ad revenue is great. I'm so thankful for Google and YouTube for allowing us as creators to, to do that because, you know, although I have diversified my income streams and I have four, five, six, sometimes seven on a specific month of the ways that money's coming into me as a creator, I'm still very thankful and appreciative of the income portion that's coming from the AdSense platform, but you guys, you cannot rely solely on that. So speaking of that and transitioning over to this, Dallas, what is something that you wish someone would have told you and Taylor when y'all first started creating content on YouTube? That's a good question. I think one thing, if I could go back and talk to myself then, I, I would encourage myself to diversify those distribution streams from the get-go. Had we been releasing our episodes on all these other platforms right from the beginning, then our audience on those other platforms might be equal to what we're seeing on YouTube because YouTube is still our biggest revenue generator. It's where our biggest audience is, where our biggest viewership comes from, but it's because we've been there the longest. So the one thing I would encourage people, especially just starting out, is if they could, if they could set out from the get-go to see all these different platforms as avenues to release their content from the get-go, then, then I would absolutely encourage them to do that. The other thing I would say is, and this is just kind of a mindset, uh, I guess a, um, a theoretical approach or a way you perceive what you're doing, is viewing each video that you create 
as an asset. So we, we try to look at each video we create as an asset. And so if we spend X amount of time, which ultimately equals X amount of dollars on creating a video, that's kind of our break-even point for that video. And some of our videos break even on one platform, some don't. And so by re-releasing the content on multiple platforms, it gives that asset a longer life. And so it's kind of the same – it's the same – thing I was saying earlier just about distributing the content across multiple platforms, but it's just about how you perceive each of these videos as an asset to your company and, or to you as an individual or creator and trying to leverage those assets. So for us, when we approach a new potential platform, we've got 180 videos in our library that we can immediately go live with on this new platform. It's not we're not starting from scratch. We have content that we've already produced that is sitting there waiting to be re-released in other variety of ways. So that's another another note and tip that I would give people just the way they perceive what it is they're creating. So they may they may spend X amount of hours now, but once they've created it, that can continue working for them. Uh, and it's why I would encourage anyone, no matter what their business is, that they should have some sort of video content that they're using to create and promote their other whatever their business is based in because once they've created that video content and have put it on platforms like YouTube, it continues to work for them. So, you know, the great thing about YouTube and about creating this stuff is my wife and I can be traveling and our videos are still getting viewed and which means they're still making money. And so that's kind of the the great thing that's exciting about it. And every Every time we make a new video, that's potential viewership that has the potential to get millions of views. Uh, it, it keeps you motivated and helps you want to make more. It makes you want to make them quicker because you're like, man, this next video could hit and get a ton more views than the last video. And uh, it just keeps you going. And you just mentioned my favorite part about YouTube, Dallas, is that my channel is always working for me. And it may not be in direct monetization from the AdSense program. It may be that someone goes on over and joins my email list. It may be that someone goes over and signs up for one of my online courses. My YouTube channel is always working for me, whether I'm on vacation, spending time with my family, whatever it may be. If I have that library, as you had mentioned and used that that word so perfectly, I have the library of videos. And a lot of the content that I create is similar to yours, not in the same genre, obviously, but it's evergreen content. Content. Um, a lot of my content is good and valuable for three, four, five, six, seven, even ten years down the road. And you know, creating kids content like what you're doing, you know, there's always going to be new kids. You know, un until until the end of the the, the, the world here, uh, there's always going to be new kids, and there are always going to be parents who are looking for good, clean content for them to consume. And being able to go to your channel, you know, in 2022 and watching one of the videos that you've produced back in 2016 is something that very likely will happen. And that's why with creating the podcast that I'm creating now, like this show here and other podcasts that I'm doing, I'm creating search-based value content that in 2019, people can still get value from. And not only is that good for you as a creator, that is 
amazing when you're pitching to advertisers and you can say, hey, a podcast that I released or a YouTube video that I released over three years ago is still getting hundreds of views a day. And if you can tell an advertiser that they're going to be salivating at the thought of, oh my goodness, my ad is not only going to get uh, you know eyeballs on it in the immediate future, but it's also going to be able to benefit from the evergreen type of content that I'm going to be advertising on top of. So you've got to think of that when creating content as well. Yeah. Well, and real quick, real quick, Dusty, you, you'd mentioned something there that made me think of something else that I wish I had started from the get-go and would encourage other people to do is you mentioned sending people to sign up for your email list. And if I could do it over again, right from video number one, I would be encouraging our viewers, hey, if you like this video and you want to see more, go join our email list. Because you, you know, as you know, people may subscribe to your channel, but that you still don't have direct contact with them. And being able to build a list where you, especially for us with children's content, when we release a video, the kids see it, but if we want to communicate with the parents, it's difficult to do that. So the only way for us ultimately to contact the parents directly is either through our social media pages, if they like us there, or if they join our email list. So I think an email list is hugely important, and that's not something we realized from the get-go. And so if I could go back, I would do that and just get parents to sign up for that email list um, you know, right when we started. Absolutely. An email list is an extremely integral part of any online business, regardless of if you're just doing video, podcasting, blogging, um, marketing, whatever it may be. Building that email list is something I know you just mentioned, Dallas. I wish I would have started a long time ago. Uh, My email list now has grown to a a fairly substantial size, and I'm very appreciative of those people who who have signed up and decided to to receive those emails from me on a weekly or biweekly basis. Now, I want to talk about your type of content briefly for a couple of minutes here, Dallas. I haven't interviewed anyone who has had the kind of kid, I guess, entertainment channel like what you have. What I've noticed, and I, as my audience knows, I have a little girl. She'll be two in December, actually, Christmas Day. That's great. Uh, God bless her. God yeah. bless her soul, right? Christmas Day and a birthday. Oh, anyways. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I've noticed that whenever I'm letting her watch something, which I try to monitor that. I don't want her to be stuck to a screen uh, all of the time. I, I do want to, her to, to go outside and do active things. But uh, when my wife and I are trying to do things, or a lot of times if we're trying to get her to go to sleep or, you know, whatever, we'll let her consume content, whether it be Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, other educational videos that we found on YouTube, such as Tea Time with Taylor. What I found is that we watch a lot of the videos over and over again. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to kid content on YouTube is that those ads, I'll listen back. We were on a trip just, you know, a couple of weeks ago and I'll listen back in the back and those ads, the videos on repeat. And, you know, obviously those ads are going to be running multiple times. Um, So maybe if you could expound a little bit about the process of creating one of these videos, like from beginning to end, how does that process work of obviously your wife is the actor within the videos, but what is your process like from conception of idea all the way to distribution to these different platforms? Yeah, so what we normally do is probably what a lot of other YouTubers and creators do in different genres we spend a lot of time watching other channels. And I will also look at things like Google Trends. Uh, that's a good tool. 
and just seeing what seems to be popping or what people are searching for, what other channels are succeeding at, and trying to tap into that trend or tap into what people are really enjoying. So you may have noticed this. I guess your daughter would have been a year old uh, last summer. But last, yeah, last summer 2015, there was this huge trend of this song called The Finger Family. And there were just finger family videos popping up like crazy. I mean, there's even channels now that are just strictly finger family videos. And these YouTube channels will just create a variety of finger family videos about uh, this song called The Finger Family. And it's a catchy song, but for whatever reason, it was just hitting like crazy. People were searching like crazy. Kids were just watching them over and over again. So we we noticed that, and so we created a few Finger Family videos. We have one that's just kind of the traditional Finger Family. We did one that was an animal Finger Family version. So each finger's like a dog or a pig or a different animal, and and so we tried to you know we tried to tap into that. And so when we see those types of trends happening we are able to uh, capitalize on that. And for us, we shoot everything at our uh, in-house. We have like a, a detached garage that's our studio space, and we've got our studio set up there with our lights and everything. And so we can just pop in the studio, shoot a couple of videos, and then I edit them, and we get them up you know, as early as possible when we start to see those things that are moving in that direction. So conceptualizing an idea is really about SEO research. It's about what kids are watching, what seems to be trending on other channels and, and really utilizing that data and that information to create our content. And then also, you know, we get, we get feedback from our viewers too. people commenting on videos, asking for specific songs or asking for a type of video, or we kind of see what people are liking, or, you know, we created a, our, one of our biggest uh, viewed videos right now is a song called The Pajama Song. And that was an original song that we created. So when we created that one, it was just a song idea that Taylor and I came up with together about getting ready for bed and putting your PJs on. And we made that one because we also don't want to just strictly do everything based on data points and numbers. Like We want to do stuff that's fun too. And so The Pajama Song was a song idea we had it was something we wanted to do because we liked the song. We thought kids would enjoy it, but we knew this won't. This probably won't perform as well as some of our other videos because people are searching for Wheels on the Bus more than they're searching for the Pajama Song by Taylor because it's an original versus a classic. And so we made it because we want to enjoy what we're doing and we liked the song. And oddly enough, it actually is now one of our monthly on a monthly basis. It's getting the most views currently. Um, and so it, uh, it's interesting. You can almost try and predict things, but it, it never always works. So you, you also want to do things, creating content that you enjoy or things that you find fun so that it doesn't get stale and isn't just this numbers game where you're trying to get whatever thing is going to rank the best. Uh, you, you want to have a balance is what I'm saying. So you want to take that information, but then do what you're passionate about too. I love that. I could talk to you about this stuff for uh, for hours, hours because me personally, it's just such a um, 
it's so interesting to figure out how different niches uh, on YouTube are figuring out ways to uh, monetize and promote and grow their channel. And you guys do such a great job of branding as far as, you know, in all of your thumbnails, you have a picture of Taylor, uh, very colorful background, which would be very enticing for children. So I think you guys are definitely cornering the market uh, in the in the way that, that you need to be. And speaking of the process of creating the video and doing all of that, are there any tools that you use on a weekly basis whether it be software, hardware, whatever it may be, that you just couldn't live without? Yeah, I mean, the first one that pops to mind is the editing software we work on, which, oddly enough, I'm still using Final Cut Pro 7 because uh, I, I had the software and I have no desire to upgrade to Final Cut X, and I don't love the idea of paying a monthly subscription to use Premiere. So uh, I w- my first answer is Final Cut 7. I use that every day editing videos uh, for tea time and then all the other work that I do. And some people give me, you know, laugh at that because it's it's an old program at this point. But editing is editing. You know, you're cutting clips together. So as long as the tool works, that's all it is. It's just a tool. Right. I completely agree. I've, I used Final Cut 7 until probably... I don't know, maybe a little over a year ago. I think the 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 Final Cut program in general. I'm a nerd. My 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 whole YouTube channel is based around technology, uh, software reviews, tutorials, things like that. So for me, you know, I like the latest and greatest. A lot of times, uh, to my wife's uh, detriment, she does not like that. Uh, whenever we get new boxes from Amazon, <laughs> I always tell her, I say, "Well, honey, it's for the business," you know. Yeah. Uh, so trying to get in. It's a write-off, right? It's a write-off. We talk to the tax man; he'll take care of it. Yeah, so I I find ways to kind of uh, you know excuse my habit, but in in all seriousness, there are tools that I use that have just worked, you know, that have worked forever, and I still use them. And uh, I know for me, I've been using uh, Adobe Audition and the Adobe suite of software now for as long as I can remember. I've always had a ten- a love for the editing process, whether it be like podcasting with audio. Uh, I know I mentioned to you before I, I am a voice actor so I like the audio side of things and uh, creating videos and just the creative process of taking something from an idea uh, to an actual finished product to me is one of the most satisfying things as a creator um, is when you have that idea on a piece of paper or in an Evernote uh, notebook or whatever it may be and then you take that idea and you go from the conception of the idea to the completion of the idea to me is one of the most satisfying feelings in the entire world um, and I just I love that now da- Dallas if you could give one piece of advice to someone, uh, you know, emerging YouTuber or someone wanting to start creating video content, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, the the best advice I can give, and it sounds, it doesn't sound very intellectual or deep, but it really is to just start creating something, because you never know ultimately where it's going to lead, and there are so many people with ideas, but there is a smaller amount of people who actually execute those ideas. So the biggest thing I tell people is if you have an idea, start putting it together. And I know sometimes resources and funding can be limited. So maybe you have to do an abbreviated version of whatever your ultimate idea is. But if you can start at least an abbreviated version, that's better than not creating anything. And so my biggest advice is for people to actually start creating and um, not be intimidated by if you know maybe it's not any good or maybe it's it's not going to be as good as someone else's because the thing is when you're creating video content, especially short form content where you're doing it on a regular basis, is 
you can improve over time. So if you look at our early Tea Time with Taylor episodes, they are they are not nearly as good, in my opinion, as the stuff that we're creating now. We've we've you know iterated on our process. We've iterated on how we produce it and how we execute it, and we've gotten better and we've created better and better stuff. And I think that can be true on any genre. Is you start creating, and then once you've created it, you have it outside of you to listen to, to analyze, to see if it's any good, and then figure out why it is or isn't, and then and then pr- progress from there. So that's my biggest ad- advice: is to actually start creating something so that you can get better at it and actually do something with it. It is about actually doing it and, and getting in the process of learning what you can do well and what you do not so well and being able to kind of like you said iterate on the process and people think they're just going to start a youtube channel and automatically have casey neistat numbers and automatically have the production value of an actual you know legit production studio you know guys it takes time to get good at something and you just have to get out there and put yourself out there i think that barrier of uh you know wondering what people will think or am i good enough or do i have uh the message that people want to hear or am i going to be entertaining you know you just have to do it to find out and until you actually put yourself out there you're you're never going to know the answer to any of these questions so let me ask you this in closing of this interview dallas which by the way thank you so much for uh for coming on the show you've provided so much value what is next for for your you for your youtube channel uh and tea time with taylor like i know you guys have you know great ambitious uh plans as far as like getting on the different platforms and eventually you know do you guys have plans for maybe even going uh for a syndicated tv show and like disney or Nickelodeon or you know what are your plans for the future for the for the channel and, and the show yeah we've we've had several ideas along those lines we actually have pitched the show to PBS kids and they ultimately passed because they weren't interested in in live action they were focusing on animation but right now our biggest focus is there's a few more major platforms that we haven't breached yet one obviously being Netflix we would love to to get on Netflix and have started going in that direction, trying to see what that would look like. Because in order to get on a platform like Netflix, we would really have to change the structure of our episodes because they're not interested in five-minute videos. They want more traditional TV structure. And so that's that's an area. Netflix, Hulu, those two are the bigger platforms that we haven't gotten on yet that we're we're ambitious to. We want to get there and are working in that direction. Uh, The other thing is is ancillary uh, revenue. So we've we've started our website, teatimewithtaylor.com, where parents and kids can go on and, and join our you know our email list on there and then we have other products available. So we've got birthday celebration packages that parents can purchase for their kids where they can schedule a phone call with Taylor or a video chat with Taylor or even have her appear live in person. So we've got some of those other types of spin-off products that we're trying to grow and and get those to be something that adds value to our video content in that these kids are watching Taylor, they're watching these videos, they're a big fan of her. How can we make that relationship go to the next level and take them into kind of our circle and be be uh, a fan on a whole new level where they get to interact with Taylor? So we're working on some other things like that to to convert those 
viewers into uh, hardcore fans on our website. Um, so those are the those are the things we're working on right now in the immediate future. I mean, on the on a smaller scale, you know, we're always looking at ways to increase our viewership, and you know, we're looking at analytics on a weekly basis of our YouTube channel to figure out, you know, because YouTube obviously really is favoring right now watch time. So we're you know we're doing things like how can we increase watch time? How can we make our videos? a little bit longer, but maintain people's attention throughout the whole video and really analyzing how we're producing content to increase those metrics and such. So that's kind of the short term thing is, is always improving what we're doing and looking at analytics to increase viewership, expand our, our viewers. And then on the long term, figuring out how we can get into the Netflix space, the Hulu space, and then ancillary products as well. I love it, and I can't wait to see you guys on Netflix and the other bigger platforms. I think you guys would do fantastic on platforms like that. Dallas, thank you again so much for the value that you brought today. And as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I would love to have Taylor on uh, on a later episode uh, and kind of get her perspective of actually being in the videos and producing and kind of you know working alongside you, her husband, on all of this content. So maybe uh, you know in a couple of months we can have her on the show as well. That'd be great. Uh, so She'd love that. If, She'd love that. If, if you would, Dallas, let our audience know where they can find you guys online. Yeah, I mean, teatimewithtaylor.com is the is the easiest place. Of course, uh, we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash teatimewithtaylor. Those are probably the two best places to go. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash teatimewithtaylor. All those are a great place to find us and connect with us. Fantastic. All of those will be in the show notes, as always. And uh, Dallas, we'll talk to you later. Great. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.